When John the Baptist met Jesus, you know, they were cousins. John was six months older. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John said, I baptize with water, but he who comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hi, welcome to Light Words with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Today we are in the backyard again. Pastor Scott is joined with his wife Marilyn and daughter Corey. We also just wanted to say happy Pastor Appreciation Month to you, Pastor Scott. We love and thank you for all that you do for us. If you listen to Light Words and you're blessed by the messages, please comment and share that with us. You can visit our website at lnlighthouse.org. While we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit or you want to be refilled, Pastor Scott is going to lead us in prayer at the end of the message, so you'll want to stay tuned. Do you want to have a dynamic, energetic, effective, powerful, and great experience in the things of God? Then this message is for you. (laughs) Praise God. The greatest decision you can make in life is to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I believe everybody here has, right? Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Praise God. We hope that you've done that. And at the end of the broadcast, we'll give you a chance if you've never asked Christ into your life. Praise God. The second most important thing you can do is to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And some of you might ask, well, what is that? Well, this is an experience subsequent to salvation. I suppose it could happen at the same time, but it is a subsequent experience. The Apostle Paul asked the question when he came to Ephesus, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And if, if you had the fullness of the Holy Spirit, he wouldn't have posed that question. Let's read Acts 19, 1, 2, and 6. And it happened while Apollos was in, at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Amen. So many times when the Holy Spirit would come upon believers... Uh, They would speak with tongues, new tongues, and they would prophesy. Those were the two most evident things that happened uh, when they received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Some Christians pose the question, don't I have the Holy Spirit when I first believe? The answer is yes. He's inside you and you've been born of the Spirit. Jesus said you must be born again. And you've been born of the Spirit. And the Spirit dwells in you. But you also need to have him come upon you to overflowing. And that's the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like you got a glass half full of water and then you take a glass and begin to keep filling it and filling it until it what? Overflows. And that's the fullness of the Spirit. So many believers lack spiritual power in their lives and they're trying to be perfected in the flesh, do it in their own effort. And that always fails miserably. I remember before I was baptized with the Holy Spirit how my Christian experience was so much different. I couldn't seem to find victory in my life over the world, the flesh, and the devil. I was subject to my own lack and trying to please God in my own efforts and trying to live up to what I thought I should do and be and it kept coming up short. And so many believers are living like that, what they thought they should be doing and saying. Uh, But it's the power of the Spirit that transforms us. I needed God's power and Spirit working in my life for ministry and for living. I needed a more real and deeper experience in God. And that's what the baptism Uh, does for you. It takes you into a deeper and more meaningful experience in God. I was frustrated because I didn't feel I could live up to God's righteous standard and nature. I didn't understand the new creation and the fact that we've been made perfect in the inner person. I'll just give a quick uh, testimony here. I've said this before, but I was teaching 
a high school years ago. It was in the 1980s, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been seeking the Lord for months for his power and also the, to uh, understand the gift of righteousness and how that operated in the life of a believer. So one morning we were, in the, we were having a devotional, all the teachers before school started, and I was kind of reflecting on some of these things. I really wasn't paying attention too much to the speaker, but I was really thinking about the things of God. And then out of nowhere, warm oil came down out of heaven and hit me on the head and rolled all the way down to my feet. And I know instantaneously I was being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was a beautiful experience. I walked out of that meeting and I went up to all these teachers and told them, I love you, I love you, I love you so much. And they're like, dude, whoa, <laughs> what's this all about? But I felt the love of God so strong on me. And that's one of the evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the love of God and of course the power of God. And I went back to my room and lifted my hands and began to praise and worship God. And I've never been the same. So it dynamically changed my life, this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was living the abundant life that Jesus promised. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it to the fullest extent. I had a new revelation, a new understanding, the things of the Holy Spirit, also the kingdom of God. I finally encountered the victorious Christian experience that seemed so elusive before being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit is of life in Christ. Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And as I mentioned so many years ago, I was living a condemned life and, and a guilt life, full of guilt, and I uh, was not experiencing the victorious Christian life. And the Bible says, it's very clear, there is therefore now no condemnation, no guilt to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus bore that guilt on Calvary's cross and bore that sin and removed it forever. And um, then I saw this verse, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And I realized this spiritual law, it's a higher law that operates, had set me free from the law of sin and death. And as we operate in the law of the spirit and the life of the spirit, we have victory over the world, the flesh and the devil. Praise God. When John the Baptist met Jesus, you know, they were cousins, John was six months older. He said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, praise God. Here we see Jesus as the Savior or our Savior. John said, I baptize with water, but he who comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Praise God. All right. Here we see Jesus as the baptizer. So he's the healer. I mean, he's the, excuse me. He's the Savior. He's the baptizer. He's the healer. And he's the soon coming king. Praise God. The terms receive the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, Baptized with the Spirit, these terms are essentially one and the same. They all mean the same thing. There are three great prepositions used in the New Testament to designate the different relationships of the Holy Spirit to the believer. They're para, or para, en, and epi. In John 14, 17, do we have that one? Yes, I have it. Okay. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So here we have a twofold relationship expressed with the two Greek prepositions, para and en. So the Holy Spirit was with them, and then he would dwell inside them. Mm -hmm. And uh, remember when Jesus said, you were clean, you've been cleansed, except for one of you. And of course, he was referring to Judas Iscariot, mm -hmm. who was not a believer. But all the rest of the disciples had come into faith in Jesus and were born again, and they were Christians. But they hadn't received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And as Corey read, Jesus said, uh, you shall be endued with power from on high. And so they were to go 
and pray in the upper room and wait for the promise of the Spirit. And there were 120 men and women up there praying and the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushy wind and tongues of fire sat upon every one of them, every one of them. And they all spoke with other tongues. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they all began to speak with other tongues. Wow, what a mighty phenomenon that was. The preposition epi is the beautiful empowering that comes upon us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus cried out on the last day of the feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, in John chapter 7. And uh, the Feast of Tabernacles was a remembrance of God's divine preservation of, the, of their fathers as they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Let's read John 7, 37 through 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Praise God. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Right. So Jesus had to uh, die, be buried, and then be resurrected, and then ascend back to the Father. And then... On the day of Pentecost, when it fully came, the Holy Spirit came upon the church. And really that day the church was birthed and began. Praise God. And we are part of that church, the body of Christ, and how great that is. Now I want to look at a few examples in the book of Acts of how the Spirit was poured out. And uh, we already talked about Acts chapter 2, verse 4, but let's read it one more time. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, people ask the question, well, can everybody speak in tongues? And I believe uh, emphatically, yes, they can. And even Paul said, when you all come together and you're all speaking in tongues at once, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> even though you're all doing it, it needs to be done in order. And uh, that you don't want to do it in a confusing way. And whenever in the, you do it in speaking tongues in the church, there must be an interpretation of that tongue. Otherwise, you remain silent. Tongues really is a personal prayer language that you primarily exercise in the privacy of your, of your home or when you're alone and praying unto the Lord, right? Amen? Praise God. Now let's look at Acts 8, 14 through 17. Okay. And this is where the Spirit, or the, the Word of God came to Samaria. Okay. Now when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Keep going, oh yeah. Yep. For, as yet, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. See, so stop there. So they're already believers. They've heard the word of God, they've received Christ, but the Spirit hadn't fell upon them. That's another term for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so they sent down Peter and John yep. to lay hands on them that they might receive the fullness of the Spirit. Go ahead, Corey. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid, down, laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Right, amen, praise God. Now let's do Acts 9, 17. This is the conversion of the apostle Paul. And uh, he was on the road to Damascus, setting out to persecute Christians. And uh, he met the Lord Jesus on the road and he was struck blind. And he had to be led into the city, he couldn't see. Uh, but he had an encounter with Jesus and uh, believed in him. Mm -hmm. And then he was told to go to the street called Straight where there would be a man, Ananias there and at the house of Judah and he would pray for Paul that he might receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he wasn't filled yet either. And we do know that Paul spoke in tongues because he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. Yeah, let's read that verse, Acts nine seventeen. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him said, "Brothers." 
brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. All right. Uh, and the last one we want to look at in Acts is Acts 10, 44 and 45. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who had heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Amen. Praise God. And most likely they were speaking in tongues and prophesying. And this is when the gospel went to the Gentiles. And um, they also received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, I want to finish here. I want to give you five benefits of receiving the Spirit in your life. We receive, number one, we receive supernatural power. The Greek word is dunamis, which really means miracle working power. Hallelujah. It makes us dynamic and bold witnesses for Christ. And that's one of the things the disciples always prayed for, for boldness. And after they were filled with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, just a couple chapters later, uh, they were filled once again in the place where they were assembled, the whole house building shook. <laughs> the power of God was strong. Uh, let's read Acts 1.8. This is the words of Jesus to the disciples prior to the coming of the Holy Spirit. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit is, is to be uh, emboldening us to uh, be witnesses for Christ and empowering us for ministry and service. Praise God. Number two, the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes upon us like a mantle or like a cloak. Uh, there's a story in the Old Testament when Saul, who had departed from the Lord, went to the witch of Endor, and this was forbidden in the Bible, and he consulted a medium. And the medium was trying to call up some demonic spirit, and Samuel popped up out of the earth, <laughs> the real Samuel, the prophet. And when he came up out of the earth, it scared Saul because Saul saw him. And they actually had a conversation. And the Bible says, Samuel was clothed in a mantle, which would be the Holy Spirit upon him. Praise God. Number three, as we drink of the living water, it flows out of our spirit. Really, it gushes out like torrents of living water. I remember we've, we hiked in the, uh, high, uh, well, I guess it would be the High Sierras, but it would be uh, Yosemite National Park. And we could wash these waterfalls uh, just cascading down the, the, the mountains and the cliffs. It was amazing, beautiful. This water is a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. When we are filled, number four, with the Holy Spirit, we gain a new spiritual language to communicate to God out of our spirits. And, you know, years ago, this used to be controversial in the church. And there was like two sides. One side said, no, uh, you can't speak in tongues anymore. That ended with the apostolic era. Um, and the other side said, no, you still can speak in tongues until the perfect comes, until the Lord Jesus returns. And uh, there was a certain division in the body of Christ. But now I think there's been a healing in that area. And most people are pretty uh, convinced that the, the, the experience of the Holy Spirit is for all believers. And most people at least embrace it, right? And, um, and we don't have that division that we once had. The Bible says when you pray in the Holy Spirit, it profits the believer. You know, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues is the only one that brings personal edification. The rest of the eight gifts are for the edification of the body of Christ, for other believers. So let's read Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself up um, in the most holy faith. And, you know, Paul said, I pray in 
he probably spoke uh, Greek or Hebrew both. Uh, and I, I sing in Hebrew and Greek, but I also pray in the spirit. And I sing in the spirit. You can actually sing in the spirit as well. And praying in tongues is such a powerful gift for personal edification. And who would want to miss out on that? I don't know. But the devil has used that gift because it's kind of strange and odd in a little way because you're actually praying out of your spirit through the gifting of the Holy Spirit. Um, he's criticized it and people have been afraid of it maybe. But it's a wonderful gift that brings, there's a lot of power there. And you know, after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't speak in tongues immediately, but I began to study up on it and I realized, hey, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And and I just began to speak. There were these syllables, words I wanted to say that I felt like down in my spirit and I started speaking them out. You know, you have to do the speaking. Some people think, you know, power throws you on the ground and takes you out. No. You get the syllables or the, the language, and then you have to actually speak it. You can yeah. start and stop yeah. it. Yeah, you can start and stop it. And, um, but there's been a misunderstanding on that as well. Okay, number five, the blessing of the anointing of the Spirit. The power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit allows us to perform the miraculous in people's lives. And that's what's so most important. After the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders and miracles began to take place just because of the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And as, me- as I mentioned, that empowering and that gifting and those signs and miracles are gonna come back on the church very soon in this last outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Just as dynamic as it was in the book of Acts, but twice as more powerful. And it's gonna affect a lot more people, millions of people actually, praise God. Now we have the story of the woman with an issue of blood or a blood condition. She had it for 12 years and she was getting worse and no physician could help her. And she heard about Jesus. (laughs) Have you heard about Jesus? And she came to him and there was a crowd, you know, pushing and shoving, trying to get close to Jesus. And uh, she said, if I would just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And so she stooped down low and reached out and touched his garment. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, who touched you? Everybody's touching you, Jesus. He said, no, no, no. Somebody touched me with a touch of faith for I felt power dunamis power go out of my body into that person. And the little, little woman, she fell down trembling and she said, it, it was me. And uh, Jesus said to her, woman, your faith has made you well. Go and be healed of this condition. Praise God, the touch of faith. And we can do the same today. Praise God. Well, let's say, what do I have to say next? <laughs> My notes aren't there. <laughs> I, well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to pray. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't finish that there. Okay. Uh, sorry. One time, it's only happened to me like twice where I got to church and I didn't have any notes. And I preached with no notes. And it worked out okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for uh, this message on the Holy Spirit, Lord. And Lord, if there's those out there that know that you haven't been baptized with the Spirit, you haven't received the fullness of the Spirit. It's so easy. Jesus said, if you asked your earthly father for a loaf of bread, would he give you a rock? If you asked him for a fish, would he give you a serpent? How much more will your heavenly father not give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So if that's you and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just pray this prayer in the quietness of your heart. Mean it, be sincere, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you now to baptize me with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit come upon me. Let it fill me up to overflowing, Lord. I receive that fullness of the Holy Spirit right now in my life. 
And I believe that I'll have the ability to speak with new tongues, with a new tongue, a new prayer language. New power will be upon me. And a visitation of the Holy Spirit will come. I receive that right now by faith in Jesus' mighty name. And now for those of you that don't know Christ and you need to be born again, you haven't even come to the Lord, this is your opportunity. Pray this prayer in the quietness of your heart. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life, come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I receive you now in my life. I love you and I worship you. I'll follow you all the days of my life. In your blessed name I pray. And for you believers, and you need to rededicate your life to Christ, you need to come back to the Lord. Pray this prayer if that's you and you know you need to make a fresh commitment to Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to come back. I want to be close. I want to be near to you. I want to love you. I want to praise you. I want to worship you. I want to be used of you with my gifts. I come now close to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for coming near to me. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Praise God. Well, guys, let us know if you got filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never done that before, let us know. We want to know. And, uh, or if you got born again and received Christ or rededicated your life, it's always good to go and share what God has done for you, right, with other people. Praise God. Jesus always called people publicly out in the open, right? Well, praise God. We hope you have a wonderful week in the Lord. Um, next week, it's Halloween here in America. I don't know. Do they celebrate that around the world? I don't know. But um, we'll be on again live at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Blessings to you. Thank you for listening to Light Words with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. You can visit our website at lnlighthouse.org for more information. We're live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. Find us. Our handle is at lnlighthouse. Blessings and stay tuned for next week. (laughs) 